Yo guys, what's going on? Coach Jamie here, and I am so excited to have you here listening to my podcast, Make Time for Your Mind with Coach Jamie, where we will be talking about all things mindset, vulnerability, personal development, ways we can become better individuals. And sometimes in that process, we'll get heavy. Sometimes we'll have fun. And sometimes I will be challenging your perspective. The goal, no matter what, though, is to leave you better than you were before you tuned in. So with that being said, let's dive in. Yo, guys, welcome back. This is episode 12, and I have Laura Shakavis with me here again, talking on all things scarcity mindset. So thank you for coming back for part two. So Laura, we're flipping the script here. Okay. You know, you mentioned that it is that you still in a way kind of struggle with that form of scarcity mindset, but do you feel that that level even, you know, doesn't have to be near as big as what it was before? Do you fear or do you feel that this level of scarcity mindset is also the very thing that drives you? To be able to work on becoming the leader that you want to? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's, it goes back to even the failures you experience in your life. Like it pushes you to be better. And so if you don't ever step out into the scary waters of life, you're never going to challenge yourself and you're never going to grow. And so it's 100%. Yes, I I actually am grateful, to be honest, to have that because it does push me. It makes me uncomfortable. And I feel like if I'm ever comfortable in my life, I'm not going to grow. And so I try to put myself in uncomfortable situations so that it does challenge me. And, and that's hard, you know, because us Americans and in general people, we love being comfortable. We don't want to challenge ourselves. Well, think about it. Like even like just the basic, like survival needs you're, you, you, you want to run with a pack because that vulnerability of being alone could potentially end your life. So like we weren't wired to live a life in fear. Mm -hmm. So being uncomfortable goes against our very like basic nature mm-hmm. no <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah uh-huh. there was um actually so we were on our way back from the the semifinals uh we were on the flight i was watching um it was like the documentary version of i forget the guy who wrote it but the subtle art of not giving a oh yeah f-u-c-k <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep um and i'm very much like a visual person so i love like reading me like a book in person um, in like real in hand, but I watching this documentary like hit different. So like, if you haven't, like you need to, but it was really interesting because he also talked about like a portion of like that. If like marathon runners, if somebody like for their job, right? Like an employer told you, you have to go run 10 miles, right? Like you'd be calling up the civil rights act. Like you can't do this to people. This is not good. But you quite literally have people who take themselves through that form of suffering to be able to reach that level of achievement and Mm -hmm. discomfort to, you know, like they're, they're working through all this to, to, to say they completed this marathon. And so it's like, I think I've, I've learned this about myself. Like I've known it, but I finally have been able to put it in, into words. I want to be a disruptor in this world where like, okay, all of these things are trending and like our world has become addicted to pleasure. And like mm-hmm. this, this 
thought that we are meant to be happy all the time. But I'm like, if we were happy all the time, you would be comfortable and you would have no reason to push for more. And then you'd be missing out on all of the more that life has to offer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's what came into my mind when you were talking about that. Girl, I 100% agree with you. I think that honestly that our culture is so sissified that if like if I say one thing that's not quote unquote PC, it's like I'm going to whine and cry about it and be the victim. And I am so opposite of that. Like I get riled up when I hear stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, take off your dang Band-Aid and let's deal with it here. Right. You know, I mean, we. so, yeah. I talk about this all the time, my daughter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. You're going to fall and it's going to hurt. Yes, and you may cry a little bit, but it's okay. Dry the tears off. Get the dust off your knees and your, and your butt and let's get going. Yeah. You know? My example, and I, I use this all the time too, especially on my client calls. Um, and actually, we just talked about this on my last podcast too with Aram, was, was like the concept of healing. We have this false reality that someday, right, this whole manifesting, the affirmations, the gratitude, the way those words are getting thrown around right now, like, and, and the, the gentleman in the subtle art of not giving a, like, I don't know. He <laughs> would have probably been way more appropriate and, and, and efficient, but whatever. Um, but no, like he even says it too, is that like, we, it, we I lost my train of thought on that. Give me a second. <laughs> but like the world sell, like that's where money is also made is by selling happiness. If I were to tell you for my coaching program, Laura, it's going to get real rough and you're going to probably ball your eyes out on this call. And I'm going to tell you like, Hey, this sucks, but we're going to be able to rebuild from there. Mm-hmm. If somebody else is selling you, Hey, I am going to grant you this amazing opportunity where you're, we're going to manifest success and everything is going to be like Care Bears and Skittles and life is so great. Majority of people want that instant gratification or the easiest mm-hmm. way possible where they're going to choose that person over, over this. But I'm like, if you want sustainable results and if you want to genuinely experience, like you have to go through hard things to mm-hmm. experience the good. Yep. And so with one of those, I think comes is that like, there's this unrealistic expectation that one day, there's going to be 100% happiness. You're 100% healed. No problems are ever going to come your way. And you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. And the analogy I, I like to give is like, my mom tells me when I'm little, Jamie, don't touch the hot stove. If you touch the hot stove, you're going to burn your hand. The information was provided for me. I was told it was going to hurt. It took me having to find out for myself that it was going to hurt. And guess what? It hurt. I cried. The wound had to heal. And then there's times that I'm cooking and I'm not thinking of that. So quote unquote healed from it. Right. But if my hand gets too close to the, the heat, I'm going to jump away. Cause I'm like, shoot. Hey, last time I did that, I got burned really bad. And I'm reminded of what that felt like, which is why I can now one correct myself and know not to do it again. But it also keeps me from like, <laughs> like I get to be happy. Right. Exactly. But you have to work through hard things to get to that point. Mm-hmm. No, I I 100% agree with you. And I think that that's something that isn't taught nowadays. And I think that, to be honest, it's a parenting issue. And that's a whole other podcast on its own. I think that a lot of parents, um, I do think they try their hardest to to be the best parent. But I think they were parented in a way that they are parenting now their children. And I think it's just kind of a trickle effect down. Um, Because I, if we had a podcast on parenting, you guys would think I'm crazy. Because I am not your typical parent. My kids are not your typical kids. 
Amazing. And I love that. Yeah. I love, I mean, my daughter even told me yesterday, mom, you're not like the, you're not like everyone else's, everyone else's parent. You're not like everyone else's mom. I'm like, thank you. That is a compliment. And so, yeah. um, it's just being different, stepping out into your comfort zone. Like we already talked about that. Um, and, and challenging yourself, but also learning from other people's mistakes, I think is also something that yeah. we can take into, and, um, you know, like if someone did already burn their hand on the, on the oven, them telling you not to touch it and you actually, you know, listening and obeying and not having to experience it to actually learn that lesson is also something I think that, um, that we should take heed on. Yeah. So I want to take that like on two sides of the spectrum though. Like the way of navigating that is yes. Like if somebody has gone before you and they found a more efficient way to do it that can save you from getting burned. Yes. But I think if again, that unrealistic imagery takes space, that no adversity is now going to come your way because you mm -hmm. are taking this advice. That's also where it's going to hurt you. Um, like one of the number one questions, and I don't even know if I brought this up on, on another episode or not. I talk about this all the time. Like, or if I'm on a podcast, I'm going to be like, if you could go back and tell 16 year old Jamie or give her some advice, what would it be? I'm like, I would say, trust the process. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to have to relive the effed up stuff that I went through in my life, but it's why I am who I am mm -hmm. today. And it's why I'm good at doing what I, what I do today is because of the way it conditioned me and it groomed me and exposed me to different experiences of life that I would not have had mm -hmm. if my life would have went this way. So no, I'm not going to go back and tell Jamie to find a more efficient way to do something because then I would have had to still have learned some type of lesson the hard way. Like we mm -hmm. can't escape adversity. And everybody is out there looking for all of the best possible solutions to run from adversity, mm -hmm. but it is going to catch you. Yep. Like, so if you are willing to endure hard things, you build that resilience muscle. And then you also have the proper discernment to listen to individuals. And that, I mean, I think also you and I have talked about this before too. It takes, it takes a certain level of respect mm. of a person and mm -hmm. where they are, where you will value what they say. And that's also why you will abide. Um, but I, I think also it's just inevitable that like, you know, going back to the whole parenting thing, um, I have like 80,000 thoughts in my head. So I'm trying to like stay on track because this is also good. Um, but like with what you were saying about with like your kids, um, and I remember like super vulnerable moment, my mom and I, um, I was like 21 and her and I were in the car together and she just was like, Jamie, I'm so sorry. Like, I feel like all of this that happened, like that was my fault. And like, she like felt like the worst human on the planet. And I was like, mom, like whether you were the best mom or the worst mom, like I was still gonna, like it, you didn't have control over what I was perceiving in my mind mm -hmm. and taking from that. Cause again, parents, they're doing their best. They want to provide all of their kids with the things they never had. But guess what? Now their kids don't know what it's like not to have those things. Mm -hmm. Or somebody wants to be like, this is how all of these things are going to be. And this is the life it's going to be, but they don't have any exposure to this part of it. Like, so the things that they're going to struggle with is still going to be something, which is why you see pastors whose kids go on a rebellious route, or you see people who are in freaking drug houses mm -hmm. who grow up to be CEOs. Like you don't have, like God has the hand mm -hmm. on what that individual and what that purpose is and how they're going to end up interpreting and using what information was provided. So I think that there's, just still such a, a form of balance between all of those worlds, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. No, hundred percent. Yeah. I, we didn't talk about this earlier, but the environment that you grew up in, I think also has a, 
major impact oh, on who you are doubt. now. Um, I mean, because I'm way different than my siblings because I think I hit that point of like, do I stay in that mentality that or kind of the mindset that I was, I don't want to say groomed. I have a hard time with that word, but that I was, you know, around as a kid or do I, or do I take the route of least resistance, you know, the, the narrow path that not many people want to travel. Um, and so I kind of came into that fork in the road and I think that I chose differently than my siblings and I'm not saying that I'm better than them or anything like that. Right. I feel like we just have a different mentality and a different way of looking at life. And yeah. so I think that that, like you said, the, you know, the drug addict who was 10 years ago is now choosing not to go down that path and choosing the CEO route, choosing to make better choices for his life. I think it's all in the person. Yes. You know, it's your, it's your choice. Yeah. Where you are in life now is all based on your choice. Yes. It has nothing to do with anybody else. Yes, you may have been a victim of terrible things, but that doesn't mean that you stay in that victim mentality. You exactly. can take that and you can actually use it for good. And see, and that's where the internet can be beneficial because if you believe you can't do it, I guarantee you Google it and you can find somewhere, someone somewhere who has been in a similar situation to you who has come out on the other side. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. Yep. Oh, 100%. Guaranteed. Yeah. It's a, whether you, you believe you can or you can't, you're always right. Exactly. <laughs> and I was just about to say, <laughs> yes, the quotes, the quotes. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, you are the common denominator in all of your life experiences. Mm -hmm. So like if, if you want to blame that, like, I had to leave this line of work or this type of person was toxic. And all of a sudden when there's like eight different people that you just walked away from that they were toxic, maybe that's some time to look in the mirror on what can be changing. Mm. Jim Rohn quote. Oh, I hope y'all are taking, hope y'all are taking yes. tons of notes in this. If you want things to change, you need to change. If you want things to be better, you need to be better. Mm. Jim Rohn, so good. You know, I love that because it's so simple. And I uh, think we tend to overcomplicate things all sometimes. All the time. And I think that's exactly what it needs to be. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Easy to digest. Yes. Mm -hmm. And to close all of that out then, all right, I'm going to ask you this question because I always want to leave the podcast episode with with something for people to marinate on and, and, and do their homework on their ends. But I'm going to ask you this question here. Okay. What is something you are trying to make more time for in this season? And how will you make sure you stick to it? So I think this can be a really long answer, but I'm going to make it short. I, in this season of my life, I am being more intentional about my time with God. And that is something that um, I feel like in certain seasons of my life can kind of ebb and flow. And I want that to be a constant. Like there are certain seasons where I'm just like so consumed by it. And I'm like always in my word, and always praying. And there's certain seasons where like I still am in my word, but it's not as um, excited, I guess you could say, or um, sought after as before. And so I'm trying to get a consistent level of uh, commitment in a way. And I hope this is real for people because I think a lot of times when, you know, in the Christian life, you, mm -hmm. you think that everyone's just rocking it and killing all the time with their word and prayer. And so there's, there's been seasons and there still will be seasons in my life where I feel like it kind of ebbs and flows. And so in this season of life, I'm just really pressing in uh, into God and just trusting in him and 
praying, even if it's two to five minutes, it doesn't have to be these long things, right? I think it's, that's also another misnomer with Christianity is we think that we have to be in our word praying, you know, an hour or so a day. And yes, there are times that you do that, but Mm -hmm. for a daily thing for me, it's, um, it's just, I always tell my daughters kindness and love. That's what we always say. Kindness and love. If we're ever speaking to each other in a tone that's not kindness and love, my daughters even say it to me, mom, kindness and love. I'm like, yes, you're right. Kindness and love. And so just being more aware of that. And I think that's something that I'm very intentional in this season of my life. That's so good. My pastor actually was just talking on this uh, yesterday. And he said, like, for especially people who would be struggling with prayer, you know, he's like, even if you don't know what to say, he's like, just start talking. He goes, he goes, any time spent with God is time well spent. Mm -hmm. So even if it's 30 seconds, you're like, God, I don't even know what to really say right Mm -hmm. now. Like, you know, we're here. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Time yeah. Spent. Wait, one one more real cheesy thing. Okay. I'm going to get super cheesy. And most of you think this is going to be really dumb, but this helps me. When I'm in the car by myself and I'm, you know, have praise and worship on, I literally think that God is sitting in the passenger side next to me, the seat next to me. Sometimes I'll even put my hand out as like, I'm like Aww. holding his hand. I know it's super cheesy, no, but it literally makes that. it real for me. And so it's like, I'm literally having a conversation with someone sitting right next to me. And so a lot of times we don't know, like, we're like, are we praying? Who are we praying to? Like, we are praying to God. But I think if I visualize him sitting next to me, it makes it more real. So, so good. No, I love that you said that because that's, that's actually, um, uh, I got nervous because I was like, you would be the type of person uh, to do this (laughs) was to, to kick the question back to me Mm because I always usually challenge other people when I don't answer. So I was like trying to think through, but, and so it's interesting that you started sharing the chair thing because I was challenged by my pastor to because I, I, right now I'm in a season, well, that it, that's intentional at least, where I, this has been a thing my whole life of like being able to understand and actually let myself experience unconditional love mm. um, because I've been trained to do everything with such condition that it is always a transaction. This mm. for this, this for that. If this mm-hmm. one, per, if this person does something for, I've even done it in our friendship. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, this last time we talked a lot about me, so the next one it has to be about you because we spent <laughs> way too much time. Like it's an uneven exchange, and I don't like that. So, um, but he challenged me because even when I do that, like I spend the first two hours of my day in in the Word, and I do like my Bible study. I have my Bible in a year. I have some Bible plans I do, and my pastor challenged me. He's like, Jamie, just sit with him. Don't try to study him. And so I had my coffee and I closed my eyes and I imagined that Jesus was sitting across from me and I was like having a cup of coffee with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And instantly my mind was, okay, Jesus, like, so what do you want me to be learning in this season? Or like, what was like, ah, no, let this just be unconditional. And then I started crying and then I imagined that like Jesus got up and like put his arm around me like, girl, just sit with me. And it was such a beautiful thing. So thank you for sharing that. I love that. Of course. I love that. Yes. All right. Anything else that you want to leave our listeners and now viewers too? Oh yeah, that's right. Hey, hey. sorry, I just wanted to see the little shimmy. <laughs> <laughs> We're shimming. If you're listening to this on podcast, yeah, so just so you know, if you can visualize that. There we go. <laughs> um, I think the one thing that I always like talking about is discipline, and so um, discipline is freedom. That's always my statement. Yeah. I know that David Goggins talked about that. Discipline equals freedom. Yes, and I and I totally am agree with that. And. I am very disciplined in my life and, but there are a few areas of my life that I'm, that I could get better. And so mm-hmm. I think that's something that we all needed to kind of just take, uh, just look over your life and realize that you can always get better in every area. Right. And mm-hmm. so not being so hard on yourself cause you're not at a certain level, you're not at a certain point in your life. 
And so I think that's kind of how I look at it. It's like, hey, I'm not where I feel like I need to be in this area, but I'm working on it. And so that actually, I'm focusing on the good of it, not the negative yeah. of it. And so I think that's maybe just take stock in your life and and look at different areas and, and, and know that you can improve and you will if you take action toward it. So good. You're never too good to become better. Exactly. Love it. Love yes. it. All right. Well, everybody, my final question, because you know I leave you all with a call to action. So what is something you are trying to make more time for in this season of your life, and how will you make sure that you stick to it? Feel free to pop that answer over to me wherever you're listening to uh, this at. And uh, until next time, with love and gratitude, Coach Jamie, out. <laughs>